0: but I think it's really about being open and vulnerable with what you're looking for. Like you have to do that search within yourself and figure out what it is that I'm like interested in doing, or what is it that I'd love to have in my day that I don't have right now, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of actively like wear it on your chest, be like, I want this, you know, and just like yeah. tell people about it. Cause you have no idea like who's part of what and like what they're doing in the evening that you could join in on, you know, and unless you ask, you'll never know.
1: You're listening to Passages, a podcast for young professionals. Passages are excerpts of novels and bridges from here to there. They're the parts we have to tell and the places we have to move through before we can get to the other side. I'm your host, Chloe. As I navigate my first nine to five and take on the world with crazy big dreams in my back pocket, I'm sitting down with the young and hungry to figure out how to make them happen right alongside you. Tune in each week for stories you can relate to, education you can act on, and empowerment you never saw coming. We're unlocking life and work from the ground up. Ready? Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Passages. Today I am talking about how to actively build a life that stimulates each part of your multi-passionate self with Ashwini Ayer, a young professional who lives and breathes that lifestyle every single day. If you know me, you know I'm hype for this episode. (laughs) Ashwini is a product manager at a tech startup in Palo Alto, California, who also volunteers as a director for Generation She, which is a nonprofit that aims to close the gender gap in leadership by instilling young women with the resources they need to activate their entrepreneurial ambitions. In her position at Gen XI, Ashwini connects high school girls with female entrepreneurs and mentors who they can then have Q&A with and get their own businesses up and running. Ashwini studied computing at Georgia Tech, which is how we knew each other, and also served as the president of the Women at the College of Computing, where she realized her passion for supporting and encouraging women in tech following in her path. Like many of our guests on Passages, Ashwini has the entrepreneurial bug, but this isn't just for the side hustlers. Ashwini also has such inspiring and grounding ways of translating this crazy adventure called young professional life into accessible wisdom. Today we dive into how it's actually completely normal to feel like your everyday job doesn't fulfill all of your interests, which is why sometimes people need a little side hustle or as Ashwini likes to call it, adult extracurriculars. We unpack the importance of actively seeking out opportunities that will feed your other passions and assertive strategies to get there. Ashwini also explains how seeing entrepreneurship as a mindset, like using your early career to learn from mentors, pick up skills, and truly think about what you will add to the world will prepare you for your big break. On top of all that, we also get real about being empowered women in tech, following the breadcrumbs to unexpected opportunities, and so much more. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a beat and share that you're listening on Instagram. Don't forget to tag at Passages Pod so we can thank you and reshare on our accounts as well. With that being said, here's my conversation with Ashwini.
0: So I grew up in the Bay Area. So I grew up in Cupertino. So my high school had a lot of resources for us to learn computer science and programming. So, and both my parents were software engineers. So it was kind of always something my parents wanted me to learn. Um, They weren't necessarily pressuring of me to become a computer scientist but they definitely insisted that I learn it I was very like resistant to it initially because it's just not cool to like explore what your parents are doing I was just like I want to do something on my own like something new but when I it's kind of a graduation requirement at my high school so I had to take um, one programming class so I started coding when I was around I think 15 or 16 Um, just took a basic programming class I really liked that it gave me the ability to understand kind of how the computer worked and like that was something I never really thought about before I'd always just kind of used the computer and loaded a web page but never really wondered like what's behind that like what makes it work and I had always been someone that was always thinking about building things or had lots of different kinds of ideas but I never really knew how to bring them to fruition or even prototype it or make it in any kind of way I would draw pictures and put things together but I never really found a way to like actually try it out and so when I slowly started to learn like different programming languages and start thinking like a programmer because it's a very unique kind of way of thinking and logicing through problems I felt really empowered and I felt very much like wow like I can actually like prototype something or make something or eliminate ideas that I, I don't know how to make or aren't possible to make right now and that just gave me that just really excited me and I think that guided my my decision to major in it um, quite honestly like I wasn't really sure that was what I wanted to major in when I went to college I just applied for it because that was what I was passionate about in high school Um, I was passionate about making things. Like I liked the idea of making it and that I made it, you know, that gave me a lot of happiness and it was something I did in my free time. Like not only was I coding, but I was also, you know, working with raspberry Pis and like soldering things together and like playing with sensors. Like that was just all stuff I really enjoyed doing. So it just made sense that my next step would be um, computer science or engineering of some kind. And so that's kind of how I went into computer science. In terms of where it's led me today, I think being at tech was a really, I went to Georgia Tech and I majored in computer science there. And I think those four years were really important in my discovery of where my passions are. I think by the end of my time there, I really learned that I'm more of a creative, ideating kind of person. So I'm far more interested in, how can I create to solve this problem and more interested in solving the problem than necessarily the technology aspect of it. So whenever I would think about our assignments or the things we were learning in school, I always thought of my ability to code as like a tool to get to that end goal. It was never the whole story or my whole passion. So when I graduated, I really needed to take a second and think like, do I want to be an engineer or do I want to take a more creative route that still leverages my, you know, technical background and my passion for coding, but may not be my sole responsibility, you know? And so I needed to take some time to like, first, I was very exhausted. Like I was so burnt out after college. So I needed like at least a couple months of just like TLC just to like relax. And it was in that time that I discovered product management, which is my current role. And I feel like that's a much better fit for someone who's more creative and more interested in the business and strategy side of product, but also has a technical background and the ability to work closely with engineers to build something and understand what needs to be built and collaborate at that level. So that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at.
1: Yeah. And I, I studied I didn't study computer science, but I studied computational media, which was like you know the half computer science, the, the the stepsister of computer science at Georgia Tech. And what you said, I really resonate with. Of you're passionate about solving the problems, and the technology was a tool to get there. I really really like that. And something that stuck out to me in my in studying computer science as well was something that no other course I'd ever taken, no subject in school had ever taught me to do, which was taking an idea, whether it's like a solution, you know, probably you want to solve whatever it is, and breaking it down, not even into this like compartmentalized parts, but like the little building blocks that make up the compartmentalized parts. I mean, you take a computer science project down to the most granular level and then build it up from there. And I feel like those skill sets really translate in so many interesting and creative ways that your average, like if you're just kind of thinking about computer science, you wouldn't necessarily think in that way. I don't know if you agree with that or not.
0: I completely agree. In fact, there's something that I think a teacher told me when I was first starting to learn how to program that stuck with me for a really long time. It's that when you write code, you have to design it like an absolute five-year-old or someone with very little knowledge is going to read it. Like you have to be able to break down your solution to that level where you can spell it out for someone with no background knowledge. And I think that's kind of skill, like the skill to break down a problem like that can be translated to so many areas of your life. So learning how to program is just fundamentally, I think, just a good idea, like regardless of what you're passionate about or what, whether you even end up using it just being able to program or logic through a problem in the way that programming teaches you is just, it's so cool. It's fundamentally changed like how I communicate and how I think about problems. Like ever since then, like when I have a problem, I like have to map it out. I have to be like, okay, so this is where we're at. Like, how can I break it down to like the bare bones of it? And then I can solve
1: it. Yeah, yes, yes. It really makes like a blank page a lot more approachable, like a blank solution or a blank blank problem that you would need to solve if you can break that's it
0: why, That's why I'm so interested when I hear that, you know, people feel overwhelmed or scared when it comes to coding because, I mean, it looks very complicated, but in reality, it's extremely simple. Like the coding, each line of code is broken down the problem to such a really basic level. So it, it's kind of interesting how it can seem so daunting, but it's like, so simplistic at the same time. Yes,
1: yes. Like option A, option B. If you want to do option A, you need to do this. If you want to do option B, you need to do this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, a lot of our listeners are adjusting to life right out of college, which is exactly where you and I are. Um, so, how have you been you involved in really, really interesting things in college? And I'm really excited to dig into those. But, how have you found that? your college life or interests translated into your professional life and interests as you reflect back on like the last year
0: for sure so I mean as many of us do when we're in college we really try and find like where we belong in our like group of people and I think it's such a formative part of who we all are so when we graduate we like find ourselves looking for that again it's like a new beginning in that way so when I was in college I was spent a lot of my time working for women at College of Computing and I was the president of that organization so a huge part of my time and my like brain power and all my free time basically went to that club and making and helping every new group of girls that joined our club feel comfortable at the College of Computing and make sure they have the resources they need the community they need to continue with their degree because you know for some reason, computer science is daunting and has a large turn rate and a lot of people don't complete it. I mean, both boy and girl, like it's, it's a difficult major for sure. So it was important to me that we provide the resources and the support for members of our club to feel safe and secure, to fail and ask questions and learn, but also to go to their next step and challenge themselves and confident enough to share what they're doing really great at and all that it was like a really special community to be part of and to lead so when I graduated I felt kind of like I needed to find that kind of community again you know it was to me never really about the specific people in the in the team but more about what we stood for and how we were very encouraging and advocating for you know equality and help helping anyone who needs that help you know so I was kind of I had just started my job, um, and I was looking for kind of something to do in my free time after work, because the funny thing about doing a nine-to-five is that you kind of have a free evening. Like, I've never had that. Like, when I was in school, there was always something to do. And when you're in work, you're kind of like, I mean, you, I, there were nights where I worked late. I do work at a startup, so like, time, like timings are not always consistent. But there were quite a few evenings where I just had nothing to do. And that just like, I'm just not that kind of person, like I need something to do. So I went on like, I think LinkedIn or Facebook one day, and I saw that one of my friends from high school had had actually started her own organization to empower high school students who are interested in entrepreneurship, specifically high school girls, because I mean, for me personally, I've always been interested in entrepreneurship and I would go to TEDx conferences and all kinds of sessions, like events, just to listen to founders talk. Even when I was in high school um, in the Bay Area, like that's a huge opportunity that we have here. So I was very excited to finally see an organization catering towards girls like myself. So I was like, hey, like, can I help? Like, I have time. I want to contribute. Like, tell me how, and I'll do it. Like, I don't have any like restrictions. Like, you want me to like go door to door? I'll go door to door. Like, I have time. Like, and she was like, No, of course. Like, join our team. And I think that was a great way for me to like take my interest that I had in college, where I wanted to just help the next generation and make sure that, or that anyone younger than me who will go through something similar that I'm gonna go through, like, help them and support them in that journey in a way that I would have liked to have been supported you know and as like an older sister and as like a mentor and whatever you just kind of you pick up things and you're like oh I wish I had been told that oh I wish I had been told that or I would have done that differently if I could do it again you know and you just like share that information and those resources with you know people younger than you it's like a very empowering thing to do because it makes you feel like you have control over in some way helping Increased representation or helping that one person who may have given up had you not been there like help them keep pushing through you know so it's kind of about seeking those opportunities that you wouldn't normally get maybe in your job or whatever like just like how when you're in college you go find that club it's like when you're graduating you kind of have to do the same thing but it's just not as streamline like you can't just go to a club fair you gotta actually go like look through like your network or like ask someone and be like hey like I really love reading like can you find a book club like do you know a book club I could join or I love running like do you have like a running group I could join like you gotta like seek out uh you gotta kind of build a life you want to build you know you gotta have to actually like, go after it
1: oh you know that hypes me up <laughs> <laughs> exactly you gotta like go after it and like make yeah. it happen you know Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, I think a key differentiation between how I discerned what I was going to be involved in in college versus as a young adult is you have to take that little bit of extra time, whether it's like you journal about it, you talk about it with a friend, you just reflect like sitting by yourself. Like when it comes down to it, like what about all of the things that I've been involved in? keeps me wanting to be involved in that? Like, what are those breadcrumbs? Because at the end of the day, like there are so many different, just, it just comes in all these different shapes and sizes. Like women at College of Computing, what an incredible experience. Maybe if you go to grad school, that'll happen again. But like for the time being, like that's where that club is and that's where that impact is. So when it comes down to it, like what about that? Was it the community? Was it empowering women? Was it just computing, you know, like you have to kind of follow those breadcrumbs. And I'm just, I'm really inspired by that. So you found it via like LinkedIn or Facebook. Cause I think that's what probably just, back is like, how, yeah. do you, like, where do you go to find this thing kinds of things?
0: Quite honestly, my friend just posted a link on her Facebook, like advertising what they were doing. And I just kind of hopped on and messaged her to learn more. But mm-hmm. I think it's really about being open and vulnerable with what you're looking for like you have to do that search within yourself and figure out what it is I'm like interested in doing or what is it that I'd love to have in my day that I don't have right now you know Mm -hmm. and kind of actively like wear it on your chest be like I want this you know and just like tell people about it because you have no idea like who's part of what and like what they're doing in the evening that you could join in on you know and unless you ask you'll never know so it might not be Facebook or LinkedIn it could just be you go have drinks with a friend, and you're like, hey, like, I just graduated, and I'm really missing, like, this specific thing, and they may actually know a way that you could get that, you know, so it's being open and vulnerable about what you're looking for, which is very scary, but it's also, like, has amazing results, too, so.
1: I'm, like, jumping up and down. You're so right, and you use the word vulnerable, because that's what it really is. It's, like, like <laughs> you wear it on your chest. Like you're just kind of putting yourself out there. Yeah. And if, you know, if anyone listening, if you're working on a project, I mean, this is what I did with passages. It was like a, Hey, I think I'm going to do this. Like, does anybody be, want to be a part of it? It's that like half the battle is showing up, you know, half the battle yeah. is just saying, I think that this is what I want to go do. <laughs> like, half,
0: go. The ba- half the battle is just admitting to yourself that this is something you want and then admitting to other people. And putting it out there for judgment or for someone else to make a comment and you knowing in yourself that you're secure and what you want, like, you're like, this is what I want to do.
1: Yep. It's scary. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Times a thousand. (laughs) So how has your idea of what you would be doing after college been different from your current reality?
0: How isn't it different? like what's so funny is when I graduated I didn't really have an idea of kind of what I was gonna do like I know a lot of people kind of have a plan like they're like I'm gonna go join this company I'm gonna have this job I'm gonna get a promotion in like a couple years and that's just what I'm gonna do and I the only thing I knew was that I didn't want to be a software engineer. That was like the only thing I knew, which is so unfortunate because that's what my, my degree is mainly used for. So I was kind of like lost. <laughs> um, but in, in reality, I think it was a blessing because when you know what you don't want, you are really open to other options. And so I really knew that I wanted to build something and that was what I enjoyed doing. And I just started working on my own side projects and like including my friends in my ideation process. And it was slowly from like conversation with my friends and family that I realized that this job was kind of an option for me, that product management was an option because I had just never heard of the role and I didn't know that it was a thing. And by doing that discovery and just kind of being open to new ideas and kind of biting the bullet and acknowledging first of all that I didn't want to be a software engineer and then being open to other options, kind of led me down this path. Like, I didn't know that a product management was a good fit for me until I even like looked it up. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is this is something that I think would fit. And then I applied, and then the it just kind of happened. It was kind of like kiss almost. It was just weird, like how well I fit into that role so i think it's honestly just keeping your options open like you may think like this is what i want but in reality just like you mentioned before there's like certain breadcrumbs in that that you just that might manifest in something else but as long as the breadcrumbs are there like you'll still be a great fit and it'll still give you joy so it's being open to those options because we're so young you know like we don't know what's going to happen I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen, but when you're young, like, there's so many options out there, so just got to be open to, like, going with the flow, and figuring it out.
1: Yes, yes, I like that. I like what you said, too, about, like, it's not even just, like, okay, I don't want to do this, so I'm going to be open to new ideas. It's also, I'm definitely going to do this, but being open to new ideas. Like, it kind of yeah. goes both ways. Being open. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just you never know, right? I mean, this is yeah. the general thing that I think at least where I'm at right now, which is that you know, someone could say something and that would plant that seed in your brain and you're just like 6 months later you're like, "Oh my god, like this is that that person was completely right." And she so just got to like listen and like think about it all the time and always be doing what you mentioned before, which is like just thinking about what do you want, you know, out of your life and like what skills do I need to pick up to like mm-hmm. be ready when that comes you know because that's another thing like we may want something but it may not come right now or it may not be an opportunity that's available right now but that doesn't mean it'll never come so we always just kind of have to be ready or like getting ready i think i read a quote somewhere but i don't know who said it but it was like a famous basketball player and he was basically like i didn't know when my shot was gonna come i just knew that i would take it when it came you know so you just have to be ready you know, like you gotta be you know,
1: like I will shoot when it comes, so I just have to be ready, like give me more basketballs, Wow, I've chills. like you gotta keep practicing, you never know. yes, oh wow, I don't even have a response to that that just that was <laughs> that's a really good quote. I'm gonna remember that one I
0: think honestly, for me, it was primarily that it can be really discouraging, like when you get rejected from the job or, you know, something you were really hoping for doesn't come true that you feel like you're really qualified for. Yeah. So it's like really important to like have the perspective that like, we're like a year out of college, like things like we have a lot to learn. And there's a reason it didn't come at that time, but there's no reason it can't come tomorrow or the day after tomorrow or in 10 years. But what would suck is when it comes for us to not be ready. Mm -hmm. So we just got to like, keep trying.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think what's really evident in you and what I'm really inspired by is, honestly, in like the mission of the platform, if we're going to get deep, is this idea of like, when you're young, like you are more than your job. You are young in your job. You know, there's so much left to go. There's so much unknown. Like you do not have to set and root your identity in what you do. And also you have permission to care about what you do and to make like really intentional decisions year one, (laughs) year zero, when you're planning things, you know, like figuring those things out about yourself. Older people would like laugh at me when I was like, I really am caring a lot and thinking a lot about what I want my first job out of college to be. And they're like, no, you're putting too much pressure on yourself, like all this stuff. And You know, I was, (laughs) but at the same time, I just think I was missing that empowerment. That like, it it's okay to care, and if like if this is the stage in your life that you are in, by God, like put all of your energy into figuring out that next step for you. And it doesn't have to be what you do for your life, but it's it's the next year of your life, and then you think about the next year, and you just kind of keep going. And I just am really inspired by you, even just so far in this conversation. Like it's just evident that like like you said like you're open you're gonna take what life has to throw at you but um there's been that level of intentionality up until this point too which just makes everything so much more meaningful
0: completely agree I mean honestly being intentional is what I feel helps people like you and me who are very driven are very ambitious you know because with uncertainty comes like lack of purpose or lack of direction and that can really suck when you're very goal-oriented, you know, so I do, I, like, set myself, like, little goals, like, I'm just, like, I just want to accomplish, like, this tomorrow, and then that will just get me closer to whatever that unknown, larger goal is, because there's no end goal, right, but there's, like, a larger goal that, like, seems unattainable right now, so. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I, really want to ask you about what your experience has been like being a woman in technology. I know what my experience is like and I I like to imagine that everybody's experience is like mine, but I just want to know like how, what has your experience been like and how do you advocate for women in what's unfortunately a male-dominated field?
0: You know, I've been very blessed because I've had only a couple even remotely negative experiences. I know a lot of other people who have had harder experiences than I have, so I'll only speak from mine, but I've been extremely blessed to, even though it's a very male-dominated field, quite a lot of the guys that I've met have been really great, and really welcoming, and kind, and supportive, and it's it's hard to, like, generalize. Like, it it sucks when, you know, we say, like, male-dominated field, and it does imply slightly that kind, which is not always the case. but there there have been a couple people who have, were unkind, and I think it's in those moments that when you're young, it really affects you. Um, for example, when you know I first started coding, you know, there is a lot of unknowns, and it is very scary because it does feel like you're, it's like a brand new language and it literally is a brand new language. So if you don't know how to code or how to write the syntax or how to solve the problem, it's very scary and it feels a little vulnerable. You have to be very vulnerable again and go ask for help and admit that you don't know the answer. And that can be very scary because you know, other people in your class may also be equally insecure and be like, oh, I know the answer and just make you feel bad about yourself. And that happened to me quite a few times. And my initial reaction, which is what I think a lot of girls experience, is to just not ask again. Like, I didn't go ask again. And I would just try and figure it out on my own. And it would just get more and more discouraging because I just wasn't asking. And if you don't ask, you'll never learn. Just because you won't learn from your peers, which is what school is for, is to go and learn together. Um, it took me quite a long time to really get up the courage to like, go to office hours and admit that I didn't understand. and. You know because I would worry, like, oh, what if someone I know is in office hours and they see me there and they'll know I'm struggling with the homework? Like, oh my god, how could they know that? Um, and I think that might, you know, just be a normal, like, just an experience that a lot of people have as coders. It's not necessarily that I was a girl that they said that, I don't know if it was. Um, they maybe just were mean <laughs> and they were saying it to a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, I, I was never told that you know you're stupid because you're a girl yeah you know, i was never told that um, what i do know for certain is that there's something very special about engineering where it's extremely discouraging um, it's very important to support each other um, you know just in general um, i think maybe us girls maybe we we take it to heart very early on i took it very personally in the beginning and now i think because of those experiences i've become very strong And very assertive um, as I went to college and as I continued my career in computer science and now in product management. Like, I don't take that anymore because I saw the result that it had both on my grades but also on how I perceived something I loved so much before. You know, like I really loved making things and I let that person intentionally or unintentionally take away my passion, and that's just not something i think anyone should have the power to do you know like why did i care what he thought like it just doesn't matter i could have learned so much in those years that i just didn't let myself learn so what i what i take very personally and what i take very like it's very important to me now when i chat with girls who share you know there are quite a few girls i've spoken to through generation she and even you know women at cultural computing you know who say like oh i joined this club and So and so is undermining, you know what I've tried to do, or you know they're not including me on the group project. They're not letting me, you know, do Git check-ins. They're not letting me do Git polls, whatever. You know, I look at them and I say, you need to stand up for yourself. Like, don't take it. You know, don't let them feel like they can get away with this. If necessary, turn them into the teacher. If they're actually doing something wrong, they should get consequences for what they're doing. You know, because that's just not okay. And if they're not doing it to the other members of the team, Like, you got to stand up for yourself and say, Hey, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be on your team if you're going to treat me that way. You know, and it's being assertive like that and taking responsibility for your own future that I think is really important. But it's also incredibly important to recognize that we have our own power. You know, like, we have a voice here. Like, it's not they're, they don't, they don't run the, the show, like, when we say it's a male dominated field, there's just more guys, but you have an equal seat there, you know, you're, you're there, like, you should say something, and represent, and push hard, and keep moving, and keep pushing forward, because if you give up, then there's just one less seat at the table, you know, so we just got to keep going, and pushing forward, you know, So that's where I stand. I think it's each person, you know, and everybody has their own story. So I'm sure the guy who was mean to me in high school had a reason, maybe wasn't fair or wasn't right, but he decided to say what he said, but I had the right and the choice to take what he said seriously or disregard it. And I took it seriously and it impacted me. Well, now I just don't do that anymore. (laughs) I'm just like, okay, you have a reason. If it's factual, I'll get better. And I'll, you know, take your constructive feedback. But if you're just making fun of me, you can just sit down because I'm, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep trying. Like,
1: wow. I mean, it's def- it's an admirable place to get to, where you can define yourself as assertive in what you're worth. It's hard, and in situations, it is hard to like be scary. In- it's terrifying
0: (laughs) don't even like when i was in college and you know there would be someone who would say something to me like there's always like that 30 seconds or 15 seconds where you're like wait what did he just say or what did she just say like did they actually say that and then you're like how am i supposed to respond like Mm -hmm. should i just let it go or should i say something back and then three it's like what will happen if i don't and what will happen if i do and then I'm always just like, if it's big enough that I feel like would impact the project or whatever, then I do say something. If it's not, then I'm just like, I'm just not going to let it get to me. And that's like what I consider assertive too. It's like the ability to like not say anything either. Like if it's not important, you know, it's just like, just let it, let it go off. Like it's fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure it's inform. I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but I would imagine that it's, informed the this empowerment that you have for the things that you're involved in is to like turn around and share with women like there was at one point where I didn't have community or support in these experiences and so I want you to know like even if those happen to you you have that power inside yourself like as great as it would be to have like your girl gang right around you and be like no you're not allowed to bully my friend like that like you actually have that same empowerment inside of you you just have to unlock it because i think that's what really holds girls back is this this limiting belief that's rooted in a subconscious memory that you have at one point like like i have memories from high school you know i'd be in physics classes and i didn't understand a dang thing and every time i would they would they would literally say it's because i was a girl and I would start to get really offended, and my teacher would just laugh and, like, agree with the guys, I mean, it was toxic, and had that's I brought horrible. that up, to, but it's crazy, like, in those experiences, like, you don't know that that's what's happening, you know, like, you can't tell that that's toxic, you feel really unsupported, and I know, personally, for sure, that's definitely been, like, A driving force in my passion, (laughs) if you will, for women empowerment. (laughs) Just knowing, like, you have the power inside of you.
0: I mean, it's fundamentally just empowerment, right? It's Mm -hmm. like reminding that you have a voice, just like they do, and we should use it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think it was Meghan Markle who said, or like, she was just like, someone asked her, like, "Thank you so much for like giving these women voices." She was like, "They have voices. I'm just encouraging them to use it." Like just speak, like you have a voice, like say something, Mm -hmm. Mm. or don't say something, just don't let it stop you, because we all have where we're supposed to go, and we all have the resources to get there, you know, we each have our own struggles, and you know, journeys, but we have the strength inside us to get where we should be going, so we just have to have faith in that, and just keep pushing forward, and just like how you, you know, we ended up learning physics, right? <laughs> we, we learned it. So it's like, we either learn it now, or you learn it later. At mm-hmm. some point, you're gonna learn it. So mm-hmm. just have faith that you're gonna figure it out. And that, that one mean person, like, we're, we're ambitious people, like, we're gonna meet a bunch of mean people along the way. It's like, do we let them be the judge of our outcome? Or do we just keep going and let them just keep, taunting us and just being haters you know like
1: <laughs> yeah I've heard one thing that always kind of makes me laugh and is simultaneously so inspiring it's like hustle till they ask if you're hiring <laughs> <laughs> you know like that's like supposed to go on a sticker <laughs> like you gotta sell that on a sticker <laughs> I didn't come up with that. I can't claim that but but yeah like hustle to yeah like essentially just this idea that you know thank you for um, offending me like it, that is the the fire that I needed to prove you wrong. You know, like that fire. Exactly. It. There is no other feeling like having somebody offend you to your face and being like, "All right, cool. Watch, watch me go now." You know.
0: Exactly. Use it as motivation.
1: Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I know you and I <laughs> are related in this way. We're both very multi passionate ambitious, busy, dude please do not give me a free saturday afternoon i don't well know what to do with myself. <laughs> um but i would love to know like how you have found the intersection of this multi-passionate identity and built it into your career path. and i feel like you've almost you've spoken to this more and i really want to dig into it. you've spoken to this like also and i want to dig into it is this idea of like I couldn't get this out of work, so I joined you. this, like, how do you balance and navigate being multi-passionate?
0: <laughs> I think, you know, I think it's still a balance, like, I'm working on, like, I don't actually know, really, like, how to do it, it's just more let's that, talk about how not to do it, or where you're at now, <laughs> let's get <laughs> right, <ready. laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about that, I think it's just similar to, like, not accepting things kind of how they are, you know, like, I don't just look at work and think this is all I have like work is an incredible opportunity and I've, I've worked on some amazing projects. Right. But there's only so much my company needs to give me and they've already given me it, which is career growth, learning and the paycheck and a great team. Like that's really all I can expect from my work. Right. So I have, I realized kind of that I kind of have to look outside myself to fulfill my other interests, you know, because not all of them may be aligned with my professional career growth. There might be that I have personal exercise goals I'd like to meet or, you know, I want to learn a new language or just something to make you like a full fully rounded person, you know. So when it comes to that, it's kind of just seeking and making time to cultivate that skill set or that passion outside of work you know, which is intentionally making time for that. Right. So when it comes to like having multiple different interests, I think fundamentally with my decision to go from engineering to product management, it was that in that specific case, I was really struggling to align my interests with the professional work. Right. Because I knew that I wouldn't be fully satisfied if I was coding exclusively during my day, just because of how my brain works and how I'm creative. I just felt like it wasn't a good fit for me. So in that case, I knew I had to find a different professional path for me. But when it comes to like, I love to read, I love to, you know, hang out with my friends and watch movies. I love to run. I love to work out. I love to, you know, there's like a list goes on of like all the things that, you know, you and I like enjoy in our free time. So it's like, like connecting that with your profession may not be the right fit for most most people, unless you're. fitness trainer or something like that so in that case it's more about finding that extracurricular that fits your lifestyle which is so funny to say because i was like do adults have extracurriculars like do you go to like class after (laughs) like do you go to like a karate class after school like are you like like in second grade but in reality i think i learned this from my colleagues like a lot of people go to like classes after school after see after school after work like you go like I had a colleague who was learning Japanese at the local community college like pre COVID um, at work like literally he would leave and go at like for the six o'clock class and I you know had a colleague who like shared a link to the Stanford um, continuing learning studies program which is literally designed for you know people who are currently employed to learn new skills and you know, either to do something fun, like they had a salsa class you could go learn, or you could do something for your professional growth. So I think it's more kind of cultivating your different interests and learning and growing in that way. Otherwise, I really feel like I would be very unhappy. (laughs) Like I would be bored, like honestly, because work is very challenging. And I feel like challenges like a certain part of my brain, but there's also other parts of my brain that I, or other parts of me that I want to keep feeding and nourishing and it it has to be something you actively recognize otherwise I feel like parts of you will just kind of just go away and you'll be like wait there was a time where I was really interested in that what happened to that
1: yeah I like the word you used nourishing yeah I really, I really like that I almost I'm almost like in my mind I'm envisioning like okay if you're a multi-passionate persona you know imagine that you have you're i'm imagining like you know you have yourself and you're surrounded by all these different things that you're interested in. and like maybe of 10 of them like five fit into your profession things that like somebody is paying you for your brain <laughs> like somebody is literally like you have this skill set or you're interested in this thing or you're interested in this industry so i'm going to pay you to be involved in that and then you have all this extra time all this extra energy all these other interests and it is a disservice to your entire persona to ignore those things and to not find a way to fuel them. And it's not like you have to fuel all 10, all day, every day. Like there's there's time and place. There's, there's the weekend. There's seasons. Maybe you focus on certain things at one time. But yeah, I relate to the whole, you know, it's really hard to figure out. It's hard to balance. Like that's honestly almost a fun part for me is like figuring out like what am I going to focus on this month (laughs) Um, but I like that. I also think
0: it's so great uh, because it helps socially too right because when you first graduate college and you move to a different city or something you might not know people there you might join a company or a team that doesn't have people of your age group or in the same phase of life as you so by exploring these extracurriculars you increase your likelihood of like meeting people who you vibe with and who become your group of people you know and it's so important to have a group of friends with similar interests as you like right now at this point in our lives like yeah because like that's the point it's like where you're like surrounded by your friends you're always going out that's like the vision that we have when we graduate but that's not always what manifests yes. when you <laughs> We're actually just at home on our computers in the
1: evening. That is a conversation for another time. My gosh. Yes. Like what you think, like the Pinterest, you know, these girls getting happy hour, like every night, happy hours happen. Don't get me wrong, but that is not the everyday. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I'd love to talk about how you balance working on two different organizations and Articulating this question is difficult for me, but basically, like, how are you balancing being involved in a nonprofit and then being involved in a technology company? Do you ever feel like it's conflicting? Do you feel like it adds to both experiences, or do you feel drained working on, like, you know, going back and forth? I don't know if you relate to that at all, but I just would love to know, like, your experiences working in both. Yeah.
0: In my day job, I'm a product manager. So I'm constantly going from one thing to another. Like my whole day, it's just a constant multitasking. So I might have one meeting where I'm talking to sales and I might have one meeting where I'm talking to engineers about two different features or two different products. So my brain is kind of always jumping from one thing to another. So I don't really struggle too much in terms of like jumping between one or the other. But what I do really value about Generation G is that most of the team is either a student or a full-time professional. So we don't really work during nine to five hours. So most of my efforts for Gen G happen after work. So I come home and that's when I check all my emails and I send out my, I reply and I help organize some of our events and most of that happens during that time or before work. So I'll hop on a call or like eight o'clock or something like that, like before I head into work. So I really appreciate the team for being so flexible in terms of the hours that we can work and all of that. Additionally, because we're all working volunteer basis, like there's like less pressure, I guess, to contribute a certain number of hours every day. Um, There's less expectation. So depending on what time in the cycle we are, For example, Generation She puts together a -a make-a-thon every year, which is an in-person conference where we have all our students come by and they like participate in a competition where they make their own idea and then present it in a pitch competition. So kind of around that time, it's like all hands on deck, you know, and it's like when you're working the longer hours and it can be draining, but during the normal year, like it's pretty flexible. So I'm lucky in that sense. In terms of work, though, work can be very tiring, um, especially during product lunches or when we, m- a majority of our engineers are currently in the Ukraine. So there's like a huge time difference. So a lot of our meetings are early in the morning. So that can that can be challenging to get up at like 6.30 to go to a call.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like it's, it's as different as the organizations like could be, If it's you, like, and we just talked about this, all of these passions, like it is this underlying thread. And so I would hope that the things you're in would energize you instead of drain you. But I always, I like asking people that question who are involved in like, I'm involved in this thing and I'm involved in this thing. And what is it like to balance both?
0: Honestly, like, even though I love both, like, I do get tired. Like, I'm not like this energizer bunny. Like, it is about time management and just like, acknowledging when there are days where I just can't. And I just can't make time for both at the same time. And then I just tell the team and I'm like, hey guys, like I can't make it to today's meeting or I'm going to have to push this. And they're usually pretty great about it. So it's just also communicating with your team and like, because everyone's health and mental health is important. Like burnout is real. So we got to (laughs) just communicate when we're getting to that point and hope the team can help out, you know, and help catch like when you have like so many plates spinning like something falls you gotta have like your team be like oh I got it I got it and grab one of them
1: yes and boundaries if we could talk about boundaries for a minute like it's really I'm coming to find it's it's a funny thing to set for yourself like there's no reason for me to stop working at a certain time when I could just keep working or there's no reason for me not to attend you know, a super late meeting or keep working or keep like, I have the energy to do. So it's interesting to me right now. I mean, trust me, like that is my everyday experience. Just kind of like, let's just do it all. And then eventually, yeah, you hit a wall and it comes so slowly. Like it really, it like really creeps up on you. And I just would love to know, like, do you have the same experience? Like, do you find it odd setting boundaries in like a preventative way so that so that you don't burn out? Or do you tend to just wait until you burn out and then you're like, oh crap, I gotta set boundaries?
0: <laughs> Honestly, it's the latter. Like yeah. I'm not good at it. I, every time I get there, I'm like, oh, I should have stopped earlier. I should have been more aware of it. Next time, I think I'm still figuring it out. Um, if anything though, it's just more that I notice when I'm getting tired and then I try and stop and then I try and disengage. I try and do something else. Mm. like something very different. So whether that's like watching TV or something that's like just not related at all to what I was working on, kind of switching my mind off helps me recover and just kind of come back with a fresh mind. And that helps me. So even if I like don't want to check out fully for the night, I might just take like an hour break Mm. and just go for a walk, eat dinner or something and then come back. Because sometimes you can't walk away if that makes sense. Like sometimes there are stuff that's happening that you have to be online for like with um my work sometimes I have to be online at night so it's like or not really but like if we're doing like something I want to make sure goes well then I'll be online so it's more like just acknowledging and kind of feeling your barometer and just being like am I okay right now like do I need a second you know and then but I also notice that I tend to get really irritable or like worked up about things when. I'm stressed or nearing that like burnout point. So it's like also like being like, wait, am I overreacting to this slightly? Then maybe I need to take a second or maybe just call it for the night and then just come back in the morning. So I'm not very good at it. I'm honest, like I gotta get better.
1: I relate to that though. Like the, the few and far between, but definitely have happened times where like, I'll be at work or I'll be working on things and I'll just be like, I'm starting to feel angry and I'm like I'm not supposed to feel angry (laughs) like oh no like here's another email like that's my job this is what I'm supposed to do like here I am I'm doing my job like why am I angry the fact and I'm like oh it's because I have not left my desk all day or I haven't drinking water since 10 a.m. you know like whatever you need to do to make sure that you're checking in with yourself but yeah I relate to that.
0: That has happened to me too many times for me to admit, like, I will get a message or something, and they didn't even say anything wrong, and I'm just, like, pissed off. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, I need me. Why can't, why are you asking me this question? <laughs>
1: why don't you look it up yourself? Yep, yep, but then I'll do it, like, right back at them, and be like, can you just help me do this, even though I can do, it <laughs> exactly. you, like, do the work it takes. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Okay, so pivoting just slightly as we as we sort of wrap up the the bigger topics together, but um, I know you and I both share this entrepreneurial spirit, and and I know that I've said this before, but like you know, this podcast isn't for entrepreneurs, but there's that there is like a common thread of just kind of this entrepreneurial spirit. So, how do you feel that your journey so far has prepared you to one day find? Found, find, and run your own company in the future. Because I I, I personally really struggle with being like, oh, I'm entrepreneurial, but like I haven't actually had anything to kind of fuel into that, into that spirit. So I'm curious your your experience.
0: So personally for me, like when I when I first graduated, I really thought if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, you have to like start being an entrepreneur right off the bat. Like you gotta like make your own thing and that's what you're gonna do, you know? what i realized is more like there's so many small skills and like things you need to pick up along the way in order to be a good or even a proficient entrepreneur <laughs> like what that means is more like there's so many decisions you're going to have to make as an entrepreneur additionally you're kind of on your own out there like you're leading the team so i feel like i need to kind of know what it's like to be led before i lead and as a product manager you kind of have your feet in like so many different areas. So you're getting a sense of like, what is it like to price a product? What is it like to check the market? What is, how do you calculate market size? How do you even determine if you're going to make money there? How much does it cost to build it? How many, how much time does it take to build it? Can the engineers even build it? How do you convince everyone that this is what we should be making? How do you acknowledge when you've made a mistake? How do you determine how things are doing well? Are they doing badly? How do I know? Do customers like it? How do you talk to a customer? Like, how do you get new customers? Like, how do you so many questions, right? Like, as a product manager, like, I've slowly started to learn kind of how to answer each question and what my own style is for each approach, you know, and I think that that's a great opportunity and a great approach i think to prepare me for what i'd like to build in the future and even with generation she like watching my friend run the organization watching how she talks to people watching how she interacts with our students how do i interact with our students what do our students need what are they gravitating really strongly towards like what emails work and what don't what messaging works what doesn't it's just like observing like every little thing that's happening and just forming your own opinion and picking that up as like oh I like that oh I like that I like that I'll do that in the future that didn't work I won't do that in the future you know like those kinds of things I feel empower you first of all to like well empower me to like have the courage I guess for like to take that jump when it when it's appropriate But it's also just so interesting and just fuels your entrepreneurial spirit to, like, know in the back of your head that someday you're going to have to do this on your own and, you know, to have as many, like, pieces of knowledge as you can for when that time comes to kind of just open your folder and just be like, oh, okay, like, this is what I'm going to do. I mean, I guess that's what they call experience, right? It's just to kind of know from what you've seen in the past, like, what you want to do. But I guess a long-winded answer here is just that we're, if you're entrepreneurial, you don't necessarily need to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur right now, but you need to have that entrepreneur mindset. So you got to be looking around and learning every step that you go, you know, like ask questions, even if they're not relevant to your job, just ask them. Just be like, how did you know to do that? Or why did you make that decision? Just like, tell me, I'm just curious. Or like, you know, I'd love to learn more about how you know SaaS products are made. You know, if you're just curious, just ask. Because we're so young in our career that people will share that information with you, you know, so learn like as much as you can. That way, you know, the more knowledge you have, the better. And the better decisions you'll make and the better products you'll make or the better companies you'll make or the better services you'll create, you know. So just always be curious and like don't be scared. Like worst case people will say no and that's fine like
1: it's not the deal. <laughs> I am inspired. I'm going to go back and listen to that like string of questions because you're so right. You're so right. And it's always something that I feel like back at tech, I was involved in a few different like entrepreneurial kind of things. And that was kind of like circles that I was in. Like I worked for a co-working space at one point. It was like all the like that's literally the only people that are there. And what's interesting is this idea of like being an entrepreneur for Entrepreneurial's sake, <laughs> you know, like just just starting something. Just oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. So, what are the problems that are around? Like, is there any one particular that oh, that sounds okay? Like, okay, I'll go do that one. Like, I can't stand that, and I know that that's kind of a theme, like an entrepreneurship. But I just wanted to wait for the epiphany and like the problem and the people. And so, I really, really relate to you, and I really like that you shared all of that. Like, it's okay to start in this profession. And learn from the people. I mean, I have learned so much in the last year that I would never have learned if I've just started something right away. And I really no. like what you said about like, I want to learn to be led before I lead. That Because you
0: won't know, right? Like if you're leading, you don't really know like what is that other person experiencing? You know, when I tell them this versus that, like how does that make me sound? Is that something that an employee would want? I don't know. You know, and then also I completely agree with you. I am very much a value-based entrepreneur. Like I learned that kind of, I'm not passionate about just any idea. Like I have to really feel like it aligns with me and I haven't found that yet, but that doesn't make me any less, I guess, of an entrepreneur. It's just, I'm still on the bench. Like I'm
1: waiting. I'm like, put me in coach. Like I'm waiting. (laughs) I like that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I like that. Okay, one final question before we get into my favorite lightning round, but one last question, and um, I just think that this is important, and I feel like you'd have a phenomenal answer. Um, how would you advise someone who loves their job, but doesn't feel like they're able to express their f- full personality or creativity in it? I
0: think, honestly, there, there are two different perspectives, right, to look at your job. One is that it's a stepping stone towards your next opportunity that may encompass all of your needs, or it's just one facet of your life and that there are other ways that are equally important that will help you express what you feel like you need to express, right? So it just depends on the kind of person you are in terms of what your perspective is there. But for either, a really good option is to start a side hustle like if it's something that you can make money off of or not it doesn't really matter as long as you budget that time in your day to grow that grow that passion of yours. so say you have amazing design skills like you're an amazing web designer or artist or anything like that and say you have a job that just doesn't involve that you know and you've tried to like take on some design responsibilities and it's just not really working out, one thing you could do is just start drawing and put it on Etsy or put it on Instagram or something like that and just start cultivating that aspect of you. And then you just become a multifaceted person. Like you don't need to put all your eggs in that one basket or need necessarily professional experience to call yourself an artist or call yourself musician or even a programmer like it doesn't matter like we have so many resources at our disposal to cultivate that different your different interests and even make them into something really kick-ass that might even be better than your current job so why not just explore all of those options you know like for example like I, I kind of like set myself a goal where I was kind of like I want to learn Instagram marketing I don't really know what that is. I don't know if I'm any good at it. I don't know if it's gonna turn into anything. Probably not. But I watched a bunch of YouTube videos about it, and I'm like trying to figure out what I want to do with it. It's like I wouldn't get to do that with my job. Like, there's no way they're gonna put me in charge of social media. Like, I have no experience. Like, I I don't know what I'm doing there, right? But there's no harm in trying and just putting something like taking an hour or half an hour or even 15 minutes in the evening and just working at it and like chopping at it, you know? So I think it's kind of just choosing to learn and explore and also acknowledging that, you know, work is work sometimes. Like work is not always going to have every single thing we're passionate about. So it's kind of incorporating our passions into our lives instead of expecting them to be incorporated for us.
1: Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I always say this, but, like, the last question, it just squeezes, like, the last, just that, like, really good quote, you know, that really good. Dude,
0: you're asking such amazing questions, like, <laughs> I love this.
1: Oh my gosh, thanks. Um, Yeah, I, I, okay, I just have to say this, like, what I really, really liked about everything that you just said is, and honestly, this entire conversation is you just come at these questions or these problems or experiences in your life so realistically, like, <laughs> I mean like I feel like like a programmer like <laughs> logically. <laughs> I feel like I relate to you in so many ways but also I tend to just kind of like have my head in the clouds, like fluffy, like that is a word that people describe that that is my I'm gonna get it tattooed on me one day. It's like fluffy, like fluffy. That, like I just, you know, dreams, goals and blah blah. And I feel like you that's amazing. Relate. <laughs> I just feel like I relate to you in a lot of ways, but you're able to to really turn that into realistic advice, like realistic experiences. And I just really appreciate that.
0: Oh, that's so nice. I don't even know if that's true. Like, I was just like, <laughs> but I appreciate you saying it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's wrap up with a lightning round. My favorite thing to do. So, just three quick and easy questions. Don't think, just say. Um, dream destination post COVID.
0: I want to go to Italy so badly. We were there for like a couple days last spring, and I got so sick, so I didn't get to drink any wine, and I really wanted to drink wine in Italy, so I want to
1: go back. I love that. Okay, call me when you're going. We'll go together. <laughs> okay, your favorite hobby as of late? Hmm,
0: That's a tough one. I knitted a blanket in the beginning of COVID. That's I was something. like an 80-year-old woman like sitting there knitting,
1: but it was so much fun. I love that i love that i actually did something similar i took a class with my mom where we like we wove blankets like with our hand like it was like the thick you know the thick. oh yeah you like weave it It takes up like the whole table it was kind of cool not that i remember how to do it at all but that's awesome
0: it's so it's so comforting like just the repetitive motion is just like so soothing i loved it
1: totally totally okay and the last question book, quote, or other resource that you would want to leave our listeners with?
0: Okay, well, this is a very literal resource, but when I graduated college, I had no idea kind of what to do with money. Like, I didn't know what credit was or just anything like that. Like, what are my taxes? How do I budget my money? But I found a YouTube channel called A Financial Diet that, like, nicely, like, explains what you're supposed to do with your money. And as you like get a job and you start making money, kind of want to be kind of smart with it. So I thought it was a really useful resource.
1: Boom, I wholeheartedly agree. I love everything Have you Financial it? Diet. Yes. Oh, you watch that YouTube channel too? Oh, yes. Oh, that's yes. awesome. And on Instagram, my gosh, sometimes I'll find myself like, because I follow them on Instagram and I'll find myself wanting to repost something they post on my story and then I'll keep scrolling and I'll be like oh that's really good I'll repost it and I don't even think and it's all the financial diet like without even trying it's like everything I ever want to reshare
0: <laughs> it's really something we should be taught in school like we're taught so many other things like why are we not taught that credit is so important you can't get anything without good credit like we should be getting we should be taught that like yeah the moment you turn 18 like we should all get a credit card like it should be guaranteed like
1: yeah yeah, I know. Gosh, I'm just, I'm waiting for like colleges to do like adulting 101, you know. You would think that they would, but no. No. Okay. Oh my gosh. It just oh throw gosh. us Thank to you. the walls. so much for joining on the podcast. I feel this was awesome. This is awesome, I'm so yeah. yeah, oh my
0: God, I loved it. It was just like chatting. I didn't even realize like, oh my God, it's amazing.
1: Okay, here's what I loved about that episode hey ashwini let's just be best friends forever we have so much in common (laughs) and i'm just so thankful to have a friend out here in the bay area um, who feels so similar to me so thank you so much for coming on the podcast but also like okay you guys was that not like so real just real just absolutely to a t realistic. Here's what you need to do. Here's what my experience is like. Here's what it feels like to be multi-passionate. Here's real talk about how to integrate those passions into your everyday. I mean, I'm like dancing out of my seats. Like I just, I love it. I live for conversations like these. I live for guests like Ashwini. I am just so thankful that this exists out in the world. I hope that you learned so many things like I did. I'd love to know what you think. We are all across social. We have so many different ways for you to share your feedback with us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, at passagespod, and tag us so that we can thank you, reshare, all the stuff. Our DMs are always open if you have feedback or ideas for guests or topics. We also have a ton in the works. There's so much that's happening, so much that Passages is going to grow into, and I'm so thankful for my team behind the scenes helping making it happen. Tune in next week. We're going to have another amazing conversation for you. You are not going to want to miss it. And until then, I will see you on the other side.